Why do you linger here when there is no hope? There is still hope. My Govanin. And sweet light to all my elf friends, I am Tani Tenuvial, the resident KUCI Middle-Earth Elf. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do this fine Wednesday morning, September 23rd, 2015, in perhaps the fourth age, fifth age, sixth age now of elves and men. <laughs> and welcome it's very exciting here on the campus of UC Irvine. Classes have started, students are, are, and faculty and staff are everywhere. It's always wonderful to see the influx of all of the activity and excitement and new faces and some returning faces. So welcome to everyone. And in case anyone is listening that was, that stopped by our booth during the uh, big event where you got to hear about all the different organizations going on, I know several people stopped by and signed up for our DJ training, which will be coming up in just a couple weeks. If you'd like more information about that, please check out our website at KUCI.org. And yes, we speak Elvish here. Elim Selalamin Nomentielvo. A star shines on the hour of our meeting. So welcome. Welcome to UCI. Welcome to KUCI. Those of you who will be joining us in the next training session. And our training is open to all student faculty and staff of UC Irvine and it's usually one evening a week we're gonna train you and teach you all the things that the FCC requires you'll have access to be odd but that's A-W-E-D not O-D-D to be in awe <laughs> of our amazing collection of music here and hopefully you will find a passion either as um, sharing a genre of music that you love or maybe talking to uh, the community about a passion that's on your heart with one of our talk shows. In case you're tuning in for the first time, this is KUCI 88.9 FM, Orange County's alternative radio station and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. I am Tani Tenuvial, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and well, welcome to What Would Arwen Do? This is the show where we ask, I ask, if a Middle Earth Elf lived today, what would her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the arts? music, her community, good health, good living, uh, caring for the planet and its creatures. What would Arwen do? And one of the things I think that Arwen would do is be involved with KUCI because while there are lots of, there's lots of amazing uh, music and programs out there, uh, 
And we are very excited for all of those artists that have uh, that are making it big and making good money and supporting themselves and their families through their music and songwriting and musicianship. And but we think that there's a lot of music around that you are not aware of. And so here at KUCI, we do not play any mainstream music. It's all about introducing you to new artists, songwriters, and musicians. So each quarter, because we are a college radio station, our programming changes somewhat. And quite often, especially after summer, where people uh, who've been here for the summer are returning to school and people who um, have been gone for the summer are returning. So please uh, keep an eye on our website, the full schedule of our programming, both music and public affairs or talk shows are on the website and will be changing next Monday. That will be the first week of new programming. And with that, beloved ones, I love calling you beloved ones because you are. <laughs> um, my heart is light and my heart is a little heavy. It's the paradox of the elves. They are people of gaiety and song and poetry. And yet, especially if you see, I think I used to complain about how Peter Jackson portrayed them as kind of being Valium induced. However, he did get it right in a way because during the time of the War of the Ring, the elves were leaving Middle-earth. I love what Elrond says to Gandalf at just before the Council of Elrond. He says, uh, the, <clears throat> the elves are leaving. Who will you look to when we've gone? The dwarves? They care nothing for the cares of others. They stay in the mountains you know, digging for gems and metals. And, of course, Gandalf says, it is men. Is it, it is in men that we should place our trust. And then, of course, he goes into the discourse about men. Men are weak and uh, tells about what happened when Isildur had the ring and Elrond was there with him quite a long time ago insisting that he cast it into the fire, and yet he did not. So, and Elrond's been around for a couple of thousand years since then, and seen a lot. So there is a certain sadness that um, the elves know that their time in Middle-earth is over, and they, they love Middle-earth, those that are here. Of course there's elven home, and their heart longs for that, and to be reconciled with their people. But they also have grown to love Middle Earth as well. And it is a beautiful place. Set very similarly to New Zealand and Europe because J.R.R. Tolkien wanted to create a mythology for his England. And you can find that in his very words in his letters. Um, so this morning we're going to be talking a bit about music the wonderful power of music and how music creates worlds. And you may be familiar with this with regards to soundtracks. Maybe you can put on a soundtrack and it immediately takes you into another world. And so little things, uh, I will, this is my last show for the quarter and I will 
two things. I will be back. I will not be back with What Would Arwen Do? So I will still be here with you 8 to 9 a.m. on Wednesday mornings. This will be my last podcast. So in case you are tuning into the podcast, I will be editing out the copyrighted music and um, and I will and the show is going to be on a little sabbatical. And I'm a little sad because usually this is the time of the year that I most love to be on the air. It's the time of the holidays. It's the time of fun and um, caring for others and caring for the planet and thinking about having new traditions for Thanksgiving instead of eating little birds. And it's about the season where we help others, those who are less fortunate, and where we appreciate each other with the giving of gifts and parties and and our spiritual traditions. Mine, I am a Catholic, recently became a Catholic, and um, I jokingly tell my friends, well, I came for the food and I stayed for the love because I having been a Christian for over 30 years and incredibly (laughs) in love with Jesus, but I wanted to have more and I wanted communion to be and the the, uh, wonderful love letters of God that we find in the scriptures to be the central part of church or as they call it in the Catholic circles, mass. And And I discovered I could have communion every single day and it's so awesome. (laughs) And so I did not convert to Catholicism. I just added Catholicism to my spiritual journey and pilgrimage while I remain here in exile. But it is a lovely place to be in exile, most of the time when it's not uh, over 100 degrees. So that's, that's kind of what's going on. So next week I will be back. This show is going to be something old, something new, and it will be yours truly, the elf, and some co-hosts, and well, or perhaps a co-host and some guest guest co-hosts, um, because that's what we do here at KUCI. Not we don't just tell you everything, have you take a test, have ten minutes on the equipment, and put you on the air. <clears throat> we we work with you. And especially for the talk shows, you know, there's a lot of preparation and lining up guests if you want to have guests and recording your show and editing it and um, making sure that all the engineering works because we do it all here. It's not like a regular radio show where the the host is the star and he comes in and does the show and someone else answers the phone and does the engineering and makes sure the sound levels are right and records the show. Nope. We do it all, and we teach you how to do that wonderful little multitasking. So please uh, keep an eye on our website. The next training usually starts about a week or two into the new quarter. In fact, uh, let's see. I was looking at something else this morning, but I believe that our there might even be a wonderful announcement already up on the website. So let's see. This is KUCI.org and there we are. Oh, and there's also all kinds of wonderful information about the um, 
bands that will be coming on. There are interviews with uh, some of the DJs. And, hmm, yeah, I, I guess they don't. There isn't an announcement quite yet about the training because sometimes it changes as far as the uh, the day or the evening. So keep an eye, KUCI.org. So the music you heard at the beginning of the show is the Academy Award winning music of Howard Shore from the Academy Award winning in many categories, the Fellowship of the Ring from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And that song is the Council of Elrond and has the musical motifs of the of the elves and of the love story of Aragorn and Arwen and you know of course there are people that fall on different sides of the uh, proverbial fence as far as whether they love the movies don't like the movies they love only the books or they love only the movies I love both I was introduced to the books through the movies, fell in love with the movies, and to me it's just a completely different artistic expression of the story that J.R.R. Tolkien brought us. And in case you think, well, you know, it has to stay true to the Lord of the Rings, what it says, yes, and I think I believe that Peter Jackson did stay true to the to the story and to the general theme of the different people and of who was who and what was what and who were heroes and who were not and I think he did that and but one thing you have to consider there's actually something called the history of Middle Earth it's 12 volumes and in this these stories have undergone many many revisions and rewritings and even the Silmarillion, who was brought to us by J.R. Tolkien's son, Christopher Tolkien, if you read some of the, um, the book, of, I think it's in the Book of Lost Tales, the earlier versions of the Silmarillion, Christopher Tolkien had to make some hard decisions about what to include in the Silmarillion, and especially in order to make it line up with what we learned of Middle-earth through The Hobbit uh, story and through the Lord of the Rings. So, but there's all kinds of other wonderful things. All kind. J.R.R. Tolkien was working on the quote character of Galadriel even a few weeks before he passed from the circles of this world. So, a day late, wish for a happy birthday to Frodo and Bilbo. Yesterday, September 22nd, is the anniversary of their birthday. And yes, we know that uh, Bilbo's 111st birthday sent him off on quite an adventure. Um, when he left, and it was Frodo's birthday, and it's also the birth, the day of his birth of coming of age. So before that day, Bilbo actually could not have uh, legally left all of his bag end and all of that to Frodo. But because it was Frodo's 30th birthday, he was he was able to do that. And then... As we know, he set off for Rivendell and was able to leave the ring behind in Bilbo, in Frodo's keeping. So I'm going to play some little excerpts for you today. Um, one thing absolutely wonderful from, and talk to you a little bit about music because we are KUCI and we have just about every genre 
of music you could imagine. So with that, let's hear whoops, from a CD called At Dawn in Rivendell. And we're going to hear the amazing voice of um, Christopher Lee, who played, of course, Saruman, who was corrupted by the evil side. So, you know, almost a little bit like the Darth Vader of Middle Earth. Started out good. Mm, didn't end up so, didn't end up so good. In fact, I think Darth Vader had a much better redeeming situation. But we're going to hear him with the verse of the rings. This is KCI in Irvine. Three rings for the elven kings under the sky. Seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone. Nine for mortal men doomed to die. One for the Dark Lord on his dark throne in the land of Mordor, where the shadows lie. One ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all. And in the darkness, bind them in the land of Mordor, where the shadows lie. the amazing voice of Christopher Lee as reading the um, verse of the rings and the rings have their own musical motif throughout the movies of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies there's an amazing book I believe that Doug Adams is who is the author of this book is working on Another book for called The Music of the Hobbit. And this is so amazing. It's a, a, a comprehensive account of Howard Shore's scores. The Music of the Lord of the Rings films by Doug Adams. And this is such an amazing book. Explores all of the different areas of Middle Earth and the musical motifs that were created for them. And there's also a CD in the back that you cannot get anywhere else. It's called the Rarities Archive, and we'll be hearing a little bit of that. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the power of music and the music of Lord of the Rings and how music creates worlds for us. And I think we know this. I mean, music is so powerful. Um, in so many ways, but also as far as transporting us somewhere. I mean, I love poetry, but poetry can't, or at least hasn't at this point, just immediately transported me into an alternative kind of universe. Whereas music really has the power to do that. I can listen to the music of the soundtrack of Lord of the Rings and I see the movie, <laughs> the movies in my head. Um, he, this is a little excerpt from the, a book, book by Oliver Sacks called Musicophilia, an amazing, amazing book. He says, we humans are a musical species no less than a linguistic one. This takes many forms. All of us, with very few exceptions, can perceive music, perceive tones, timbre, 
pitch intervals, melodic contours, harmony, and, perhaps most elementally, rhythm. We integrate all of these and, quote, construct music in our minds using many different parts of the brain. And to this largely unconscious structural appreciation of music is added an often intense and profound emotional reaction to music. Quote, the inexpressible depth of music, Schopenhauer wrote, so easy to understand and yet so inexplicable, is due to the fact that it reproduces all the emotions of our innermost being, but entirely without reality and remote from its pain. Music expresses only the quintessence of life and of its events, never these themselves. He goes on to say, listening to music is not just auditory and emotional, it is motoric, motoric as well. Quote, we listen to music with our muscles, as Nietzsche wrote. We keep time to music involuntarily, even if we are not consciously attending to it, and our faces and postures mirror the, quote, narrative of the melody and the thoughts and feelings it provokes. Much that occurs during the perception of music can also occur when music is, quote, played in the mind. The imagining of music, even in relatively non-musical people, tends to be remarkably faithful not only to the tune and feeling of the original, but to its pitch and tempo. Underlying this is the extraordinary tenacity of musical memory, so that much of what is heard during one's early years may be, quote, engraved on the brain for the rest of one's life. That little excerpt from Oliver Sacks' Musicophilia. And there's another amazing book that you might like to pick up if you are interested in such things called Your Playlist Can Change Your Life. Uh, by Galena Mindlin, M.D., Don Durso, Joseph Cardillo, Cardillo. And the title, Your Playlist Can Change Your Life, subtitled 10 Proven Ways Your Favorite Music Can Revolutionize Your Health, Memory, Organization, Alertness, and More. And this is really a cool book. It actually gives you step-by-step instructions for how to reprogram your brain and how to make a playlist for your life. I like to call it making your own soundtrack. And it can, it can actually be something that will help you change moods, will help you get motivated when you're not motivated. You can have a playlist for writing, a playlist for doing the dishes. There's a wonderful little anecdote in here that, oh, I'm not sure if I marked it, but it was wonderful about um, this um, girl who who was doing the dishes with her, with her mom. Oh, I was, I'm going to read something else to you. Okay. Okay. A student of mine recently told me a story about how her mother always played certain traditional songs while the two of them worked around the house when she was younger. The songs, according to her, always helped put them in a good mood and flow through chores. Now, years later, she says with a smile, I always play the exact same songs and in Spanish, just like my mother did. I can't do work around the house unless I play them. They organize me and make me happy. They make everything a breeze. Isn't that interesting? So, 
going to share a little more music with you in a few moments, but I want to read a little excerpt from this book that you might want to pick up for yourself from the chapter, How to Use Music to Make Your Mind Flow. And this is called The Music Deep in Your Cells. The mind-body connection to music is nothing less than dazzling. In fact, the first music encoded deep within your memory are the earliest vibrations that made you the rhythms and tempos of your first cells. Imagine this. As your cells began to develop with the comforting rhythms of your mother's heartbeat and the whooshing low-frequency low sounds vibrating through her placenta and your umbilical cord, these first musical scores began entraining two or more rhythms synchronizing into one in your brain and orchestrating the essence of music for your entire being. So from your first sparks of life, your brain was already establishing the relationship for how music affects you today. But can you remember these early musical memories? Newborns can almost immediately show some memory of sounds they encountered in the womb. Although babies react to only about one-third of all surrounding available sounds within the first six hours of birth, they begin to react more and more as the weeks progress. Before any of us is capable of speaking words, we can recognize changes in tones and rhythmic patterns. What's more, researchers have demonstrated that if you play a piece of music repeatedly to a child before birth and then play the same piece within a month after birth, the child is able to recognize it. And we know that soon after birth, infants can instantly respond to their mom's soothing voice singing a lullaby, especially if they were exposed to the song during the last three months of pregnancy. These kinds of musical memories can help you get your mind flowing for your entire life. Now, the flip side of that may be that perhaps your mother had a difficult um, pregnancy and perhaps she listened to music that you would not necessarily want to introduce to a child. You can reprogram your brain. It, it, it's true. You actually really, really can. And you can be healed from the trauma of those types of things. And that is a subject for another day. Um, but so, and if you are expecting children, something definitely to think about, especially during the last three months of your pregnancy, that this sounds around you, the music that you're playing in the car and at home, the movies that you're watching, the music for them, screaming, <laughs> your child, your child in its last three months, while it's in your womb, is listening to that as well. So if you wouldn't want your one or two year old to be watching all those scary horror movies that will be coming up the whole month of October and terrifying them and giving them nightmares. If you are pregnant, you might want to consider this year, perhaps even foregoing those mo movies yourself. And if you know someone, maybe even just say, did you know that? Um, and introduce them perhaps to this, your playlist can change your life or musicophilia that talks about how the music that we quote here or are exposed to while we were st while we are still in our mother's womb 
affects us for the rest of our lives. Pretty intense, isn't it? Now, we all know that we're not supposed to drink or smoke, uh, that that can affect the baby's forming. Well, um, what about the musicality? What about what the baby hears? What about what gets um, impressed on it? little brain that is rapidly forming in its lungs and everything those last three months before it makes his entrance he or she makes her entrance into the outside world but they're still hearing those things so just like the baby can hear you know and we've all I think many of us at least have heard about um, how babies respond so well to hearing classical music Uh, while they're in the womb or while they're very young, playing it in their little room by their crib or something. Well, it starts even before that in the womb. So just something to think about, especially with the holidays coming up and the month of terror (laughs) in October that is coming up. And uh, And just being mindful for all of us, even those of us who are not uh, pregnant, that, um, well, I don't know, maybe we all are in some ways always birthing that new part of us, hopefully, as we grow in uh, compassion and love and, and peace and joy and joyfulness. So... Anyway, something to think about. So to kind of bring this home, I want to play uh, very shortly because I'll have to edit it out if I play more than, whoops, more than 20 seconds of copyrighted music. But my point is that there are many things I think we hear that within, within the first note or two, definitely within the first few notes or the first couple bars, We know that music, and it instantly takes us to a specific place, a specific world. So with that, I'm going to play the first one and see what you think about where this one is taking you. Did that not transport you right to... Hogwarts? Yes, the world of Harry Potter, brought to us by John Williams. And John Williams, like Howard Shore, such an amazing, amazing composer. How about this one? Where does this one take you? Ah, yes, to a galaxy far, far away, the theme of Star Wars. So these things are wonderful for me. This is what happens when I listen to the work of Howard Shore, uh, his, the music that he created for Middle Earth. And we're going to hear a little bit of the archives. Now, if you're a fan of the movies as I most certainly am. One of the things I loved about the movies was, especially after The Fellowship of the Ring, because I'd already fallen in love with Fellowship of the Ring and with the music of the elves and the music of the Shire. And 
I could hardly wait for the two towers to come out because I wanted to hear what is going to be the music of Rohan, the, the horse lords. And I must say, I was most certainly not disappointed. Um, the, let's see, I'll have my little stacks of music. Okay, we will, we will hear that in just a few moments. So the, the music of the Lord of the Rings films. This, I wish that you could just read this whole thing. It is such an amazing book. It is, um, was written by Doug Adams, and it's kind of one of those wonderful things that started out as just a little thing and developed into an amazing thing. This book and the archive CD and I want to read to you just a little bit about what Howard Shore said in the foreword. He says that I was first aware of Doug Adams writing as a film music journalist. His work consistently stood out. It was always thoughtful and insightful. I enjoyed the fact that he would place his subject's work within the context of 100 years of film music. As a result, when I began writing The Lord of the Rings, I invited Doug to write an article documenting the work on the Fellowship of the Ring. My process entailed studying the book, watching the film, and composing. The book was continuously open on my de desk. It took nearly four years to create music to create in music an image of Tolkien's writing. Doug followed that process during the entire period. The score eventually resulted in 11 hours of music for symphony orchestra and chorus. After the trilogy was completed, and after so much had been written about the films and the music, it became important to me to have one person organize and present a cohesive view of the score. Thankfully, Doug agreed to write this comprehensive account. And that uh, is from the foreword by Howard Shore on the, for the music of the Lord of the Rings films. So the beauty, the beauty of this, I love this book. Not only does it have the beautiful music and all of these stories about how they created the music for the different parts of Middle-earth, but it has beautiful pictures. We elves love pictures. And there's a whole section here on the elves. He talks about the elf themes are unique in the musical world of Middle-earth. Elvish culture hit its zenith centuries before the story of the Lord of the Rings. And appropriately, elf music feels as if it is from another era. The writing is awash in chromatic harmonies, eastern influences, and distinctive instruments. Shore favors female voices and the most transparent tones in the orchestra. Clean figures devoid of plush harmonizations, tidy, artful worlds of music. A vein of stately timelessness runs through the material, as well as a sadness that speaks to the end of an age. Both elf cultures, those of Rivendell and Lothlorien, retain their luster through the story, though they take opposite courses of development. 
The Lothlorien material begins as alien and intimidating, then becomes infinitely more inviting once Galadriel proves a faithful ally. Rivendell begins with a comforting tone of opulence and respite, then becomes darker and more tenebrous as Middle-earth is abandoned by the elves. And so then you'll see here a part of the score from the music of Rivendell, and then goes on to talk about Arwen Revealed, first heard in The Fellowship of the Ring. And I'm going to play just a little bit of that, because it's one of my absolute favorite tracks, and it is not on the original track. It's only found in the... um, the complete the Fellowship of the Ring, uh, the complete recordings, which many of us were so excited to have finally, and this is called "Give Up the Halfling." So this is where she meets up with the um, the rest of the group and has a little conversation with Aragorn, which in which she says, "You know, let me take him. I'm the faster rider," and he eventually. Um, acquiesces and says be estlin one of my favorite of all elvish phrases which means as you wish or according to your wish be estlin beautiful so here is from the soundtrack the a little excerpt from give up the halfling this is kci in irvine Yes, can you just see those Nazgul chasing Arwen as they're, she's holding Frodo and they're running through the forest. That is from The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, the complete recording. So we started out with that gentle, that beautiful, ethereal, um, elvish music. So we do not have too much time left. Ah, my last show with you all for a while. I will be missing you so very much but I will be back and so lest you think I'm a terrible tease I thought I had brought some of a a copy of the uh, soundtrack of the two towers however I did not and I well coming up in just a few minutes (laughs) I'm getting a little sad here. Uh, Coming up in just a few minutes, Writers on Writing will be back for the fall quarter. I will be here 
with a different show and sharing some archives and just having fun on with something old, something new. But the elf will be here. And I would invite you, if you would like, to visit some of the archives of podcasts. Two of my favorites are from Farm Sanctuary, and there is actually an interview that I did, me and the Hobbit co-host, who is still off on other adventures, Milo Lomestown, did an interview with Doug Adams a couple of years ago now, and that's up in the podcast are careful to look for it. So go to our homepage, go to archives, and scroll down to um, podcasts, and then go to What Would Harwin Do? And there we are, as well as many of our other public affairs shows. Past and present, there are podcasts even of some of our older shows. So I hope you will have a most wonderful time this I'm I'm not actually saying goodbye why do I feel like I'm saying goodbye well I am saying goodbye to those of you who listen on podcast and I would love to hear from you please send me an email at ask an elf at yahoo.com and for this winter quarter gosh I have so many things I'm doing um, an online retreat with Abbey of the Arts, which I talked to you a couple of weeks ago about the Abbey of the Arts. Please check out their website. Got the Walk for the Animals coming up through Farm Sanctuary. Please check out their website, farmsanctuary.org, abbeyofthearts.com. And because I am a dancing monk and dancing mystic in the world, and there's a wonderful online retreat going on about for just for women called coming home to your body about kind of rediscovering our body as a sacred vessel so um even we elves need refresher courses in these kind of things so yeah yoga will help with the stress of the holidays and i will be here on wednesday mornings to spend some time with you and hopefully back totally rejuvenated with what would arwen do in uh, the winter quarter, which will start in January. Again, in case you or someone you know may be interested in becoming involved with College Radio, please check out our website at KUCI.org. We will be having another training and is open to all students, staff, and faculty of UCI and it will be coming up in just a couple of weeks. So again, welcome to everyone who is new here on the campus. Blessings to all of you who have been around for a long time. And please remember that you are the beloved of God. I know some things are true, even if we don't believe them. So maybe for this holiday season, you can kind of let that sink into your heart and find ways to discover your belovedness. So with that, I'm going to leave you with some music for the end of the show. The first thing I want to share with you is actually from this beautiful CD that's in the archives. It's Arwen's song, and it's from 899. 
the smallest writing in the world. <laughs> and then we're going to hear a little Hobbit music, and then it will be time for you to discover everything that you need to know to get published with Writers on Writing. So until we meet again, I must say Namaria and Ellen Selalumin Amentielvo, A Star Shines on the Hour of Our Meeting. Koi Mai, live well, my friends, and Linda Lee, and I will see you, see you next week. This is KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of the universe. Yeah.